Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something. Bravo. Lord Lattimore Volk, Just Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. That's right, you were listening to Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place. Joining me today, Lori Lattimore Volkman, Tim Lynch, and special guest, Christopher Hart, contributor on Mile High Report. Uh, today, we are... Uh, brought to you by Mike Mayock, general manager of the Oakland Raiders, uh, whose front office experience extends to one year playing for the Toronto Argonauts. So look out, Broncos country. The Raiders have loaded up on real talent. So as I said in the open, um, Christopher Hart is going to join us. He is uh, what I like to to call, I've affectionately uh, dubbed him a mini Mel, a mini Mel Kuiper. So uh, he has been watching hours of combine coverage, breaking down film, drinking beers and eating popcorns for the rest of us who don't have the time to watch all that stuff. Chris, why don't you go ahead and say hello uh, to the Something Something Broncos audience and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Where are you? What's going on? How are you? Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Christopher Hart. I've been with Mile High Report for a couple of years now. I'm based in South Dakota. I'm just a big fan of the draft and the Broncos, so I guess that's why I'm here tonight. So Tim is going to start off our kind of combine recap. Uh, it officially ended, and uh, and now it's time to start looking back before we look forward to free agency and the draft. Tim, would you like to lead us off? 
combine was kind of exciting. I think um, got me off my quarterback Drew Locke train that that I was kind of getting on board there. Um, what do you think? What, what kind of what kind of kind of players do you think the Broncos could get be, if they don't go with Drew Locke at, at the with the tenth pick of the draft? There's a handful of directions that they could go. A lot of people were really hoping that linebacker out of LSU, Devin White, would be there for the Broncos at 10. Obviously, with Vic Fangio coming into the fold, the Broncos need an inside linebacker who has premier athleticism and sideline to sideline speed. Unfortunately, after running a 4-4-2 at the combine and having a fantastic workout, odds are he's not going to be there at 10 for the Broncos. So that's probably bad news for fans who was hoping he was going to be there. But we won't know until April rolls around. It sounds like Tampa Bay's in on him. I won't even be surprised if Oakland was in on him or even Detroit. But that's a player that I think that if he was available at 10, the Broncos would certainly take. I also feel that, you know, with Mike Munchak being in the fold in Denver as well, looking for an upgrade on the offensive line would be something that the team would be interested in. There's two players I would consider at 10, and I think that's Andre Dillard out of Washington State. He also had a really, really good combine. He was pretty much tops in all of the athletic categories. And Jawan Taylor out of Florida would be another prospect to keep an eye on. He's a versatile guy who can play either right or left tackle. So those are two spots that I could see, uh, two positions, uh, inside linebacker and offensive tackle that Denver could take. My dark horse was actually cornerback, depending on what they did in free agency. But the two players... I was highest on most DeAndre Baker and Byron Murphy. Really tested, average compared to others. And it sounds like there might be some concerns with DeAndre Baker, who I've been high on throughout my whole future Broncos thing um, segment on Mile High Report. And uh, character concerns and whether or not he really prepared as much as he could for the combine, so he might slide. But those are just a few areas that I could see the Broncos going. But you just never know. Uh, quarterback, I still think, is very much in the fold of locks there. You mentioned the cornerbacks as a group tested more poorly than they were expected. Do you think any of those guys that we were thinking were first-round type guys uh, fall to the Broncos early in the second round? Because at that point, it might be interesting to, to pick up a cornerback. As far as uh, DeAndre Baker or Byron Murphy or Grady Williams go, those were the three cornerbacks that were really pegged with that first round status going into the combine. And I think that greedy is quite boomer bust. I'm not as high on him as other people. I kind of liken him to Marcus Peters for every big play that he gives you, he's going to give up quite a few big plays and the consistency just isn't there. And as far as tackling goes, you know, Vic Fangio had said that that's pretty fundamental in a, uh, you know, they're not going to deviate from that. So his questionable tacklings kind of makes him not the best fit for Denver's defense. And he's more of a press man with his length corner. And uh, Fangio likes to run a lot of zone, especially a lot of cover three and cover six looks. And although Baker had tested poorly, you know, when the combine just one part of the whole evaluation process. And if you go back and look at his tape for the past two years, it's absolutely fantastic. He hasn't given up a touchdown in two years. And I think that evaluators will and scouts and general managers will look at the tape and say, hey, even though this kid ran a four five four, he didn't give up a touchdown in two years. And that's going to mean more uh, 
than what he did in shorts at Indianapolis. And as far as Byron Murphy goes, he's probably the best peer cover man in the draft. And sure, he didn't measure well and he didn't really run well. His tape's pretty good for a one-year starter. So I don't think any of those three guys that I mentioned would even be there at 41 for the Broncos. But there are other handful of guys such as Justin Lane out of Michigan State or Jamel Dean out of Auburn. Uh, or Joe Jawan Williams out of Vanderbilt, who could be there at 41 for the Broncos if they wanted to go that route in the second round. Um, So, I mean, there's options, but the three high-profile guys, the ones with first-round grades going in, I don't think that changes. The league's so starved for cornerbacks, and it's a premier position. I doubt that unless something was sincerely wrong in their background or medical checks that they would fall that far. So, Chris, I have a question for you. how do you think free agency could impact what we do in the first round? And maybe related to that, what would you like to see the Broncos really target in free agency so that that helps decide what they would do in the first, second rounds of the draft? Well, everyone wants an inside linebacker. But if, say, C.J. Mosley was somehow signed by Denver, you can immediately cross that off of the list of first round needs for the Broncos, second day needs for the Broncos. So if they were to get him, they wouldn't even consider it there. Cliss and other people, you know. Oh, my buddy, Mike Cliss. Friend of the show. The local reporters, the on the beat reporters are saying how, you know, Elway's very interested in finding a number two or number three cornerback. So this team has no shortage of needs. But if they were to get a high-profile linebacker or cornerback or even, say, Juwan James at right tackle, you'd probably put those three positions off the first-round thing, which really opens the door up for, hey, Drew Locke's there. He fits about everything that John Elway wants in the quarterback. We would probably go that route. Literally, I don't like saying best player available because I don't really think that's a thing. But they have a lot of options at the 10th overall selection if they are able to fill some good needs. And we'll just have to see. Denver does have good cap space, but there are a lot of teams out there like Indianapolis who have $100 million just to burn. As far as me and what I'm open to, I used to be a lot more emotionally invested into what John Elway did. And after last year's draft, I was absolutely thrilled with it. And for me, just getting a good player who can come in and play right away is really what's important to me. Though I can completely understand if they went with a guy like Drew Locke, sat him for a year behind Joe Flacco, that's something I completely understand because we're all hoping, all four of us here right now, (laughs) all the listeners, all of our staff members, we probably don't want to be picking 10 again because that means we had another bad year and we've had two bad years. One of the players I absolutely love that no one really talks about is Christian Wilkins out of uh, Clemson. He's an interior defensive lineman. But if you go back and watch the national championship game against Alabama, Wilkins destroyed the uh, Crimson Tide offensive line, and he's so quick off the snap. And Denver doesn't really have anyone at nose tackle right now. And He's someone who can occupy multiple blockers and really make a difference on the interior. So I would be thrilled if they even took him there at 10. Obviously, I'm a huge Devin White fan. Back in October when I did my first mock, which is really too early, but it's Mocktober, Rocktober, October. I had Devin White going to us at 13. And I would still be thrilled if he was the pick at 10. 
I think that the Broncos are in a position in this draft to where it'd be really hard for me to be disappointed in what they would do. You just got to hope the best for no matter who they choose. We all have our favorites. We all have these guys that we like. But at the end of the, the day, they're young men looking toward bettering themselves and having a great NFL career. And whoever the Broncos choose, you, you got to root for them no matter who. As long so- as they don't have a Chiefs tattoo, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah, you have to declare all your Chiefs tattoos in interviews from now on. That should be a question that they mandate at every combine or in-house interview. Do you have a Chiefs tattoo, or is anyone in your fan uh, family a Raiders fan or a Chargers? <laughs> I think that after the Paxton Lynch bomb and Elway missing, I really think that what happened with Paxton made him and Matt Russell and all those other guys in the front office reevaluate what they're looking for as far as who these kids are as people. We always talk about the combine, the measurables, the athleticism and the physical side of things. But honestly, and the number one thing that they do look for when they're evaluating these kids outside of the tape is if they truly have the heart and the commitment to make being an NFL player, to take it seriously every day of their life. At the end of the day, look at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was never the most physically gifted person to ever play the game, but he was unparalleled as far as what it took commitment-wise to being diligent, to watching film 10 hours a day on an off day when you're not in Dove Valley at headquarters, but you're sitting on your couch at home. He took it seriously, and trying to find that out with these kids is really hard because they might tell you anything to get a job or to be picked. But th- that's the tough thing to gauge. And that's why this Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray stuff just boggles my mind. Like what, what happened with that? You know, he was very, very defensive when it came to teams critiquing his game and what he did wrong when they saw it on film. And he was hoping for more praise for what he did good on film. And it sounds like he's going to take quite the tumble because of his attitude and, and teams don't like that when when you're a young player you obviously aren't at the top of your game and when a professional coach scout or general manager says hey we think that you could improve upon this you might as well listen and take it you know just take it in stride just be like yeah coach like i, I get where you're coming from he doesn't even have the gumption to do the drills at the combine why are you even there then to do bad interviews i don't know i don't <laughs> apparently he doesn't have anything to lose. I mean, if if he's already slated to be a, a top pick, and so if he goes in and, and has a bad throwing effort, it only hurts him. If he goes in and does well, he doesn't gain any ground. So it, that's always you know that's always the 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 the, the rub with with the combine every year. That actually tells you a he's lot. A, he's afraid to screw up. He's a he's not really a, a true competitor. If I'm a team and he doesn't want to do the drills because he he's afraid of you know doesn't have a good throwing day, doesn't improve his stock. Like You're worried about a bad throwing day? What have you been doing every day for the last five years, three years, two years? You're a right. quarterback. You should be able to throw the freaking ball. So I'd be very concerned about his attitude and about his defensiveness and about just not wanting to do drills. And the thing that gets me is you're invited to the combine and there's thousands of these young kids out there who would love to make being a professional football player what they can do in life for the next, whether it's two, three, four, five years. And a lot of these guys like Chris Harris Jr., Philip Lindsay, they didn't get that invite to the combine to showcase their abilities. 
but they showed out at the pro day and they made sure that every day thus far in their NFL career that they put in the time to make themselves great. If you're invited to the combine, unless you're hurt, just do the drills because there are other kids out there from small schools, even big schools that you might not even have heard of that would kill to be in that position, to be able to showcase that talent just to get drafted. The combine is nothing to the adversity he is going to face in training camp, mini camp, or even in his first game. So I, I just don't get it. There are a lot of teams in the league that are going to be turned off by that. That's that's a guarantee. I would be. I'd be like, next. All right, real quick. Uh, Broncos draft Kyler Murray. Are you okay with it? Or are you not okay with it? I'll root for him, but <laughs> it would probably be the worst case scenario for me. I really worry about his commitment to football and doing what's necessary to become great. Lori, we draft Kyler Murray. How are you feeling? Very unhappy. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll jump on the John Elway sucks bandwagon. John Elway sucks at the draft bandwagon. Arizona doesn't take him. John Gruden will, I guarantee it. If he's there for Oakland, Oakland will take him. Tim, how do you feel about Kyler Murray coming to the Denver Broncos? The likelihood of that happening is like zero, but if, hey, quarterback's a quarterback. I want a quarterback. Glory, mark that so that when, when after the draft and we end up with Kyler Murray and he's like, can't happen, won't happen. (laughs) So I have another question. So I've been real high on Devin White too, because of just knowing how talented he is and thinking of what Vic Fangio could do with him. Would would you feel like cornerback is, is probably better suited for free agency than the draft? Well, they're going to do both. They're going to sign someone in free agency to play cornerback position. I think that they're going to look for a a starter to play boundary on the outside. Uh, Who that is, I'm not too sure. I'm not too high on this class. Really, it's just a bunch of old injured people or injured guys. It's a lot of boom or bust. So whoever Denver ends up getting probably isn't going to be a long-term solution. What about Uh, like Callahan or Desir? I would be surprised if any let Desir go. I've got a great contact in Indy, and he's almost for certain that they're going to resign him. Ah. He would be great, but I mean, Indianapolis has a hundred million dollars to spend. They could offer that kid twelve million dollars a year, and he would be. Why would he not take that? <laughs> um, you know, uh, Callahan's an option though as well. Uh, I just don't know if Denver would want to spend maybe nine to ten million dollars that he might command, being such a good corner and in a market that's kind of ambiguous. My ideal scenario for the Broncos in free agency is I would really like to see them get uh, a safety in there. So getting an Adrian Amos, who I was really high out of out of the draft a couple of years ago, who was with Fangio and Donatel in Chicago, makes a whole ton of sense. Uh, he would do really, really well in Denver, and it just makes sense. So let's say we get Adrian Amos at safety. We're good. We're good there. Uh, let's get Juwan James in at right tackle. Chris Cooper, former Broncos offensive lineman, assistant line coach in Miami, is familiar with him. Let's get him and let's have a well-known starter in at right tackle to hit the ground running with Munchak. That makes sense. I don't know if Mosley is the answer, and I doubt Denver is going to pay the 11 or $12 million a year it's going to cost an inside linebacker and Guaranteed half the league's going to be interested in them. <laughs> but maybe get uh, a Jordan Hicks out of, of Philadelphia who's not as well known, but he fits that mold and he maybe comes at six to seven million dollars a year. So you come out of free agency saying, hey, we've got that inside linebacker, at least one of them that Fangio needs. 
we've got a safety who understands the coverage schemes and can help be a communicator in the secondary for the young players there and be, a, you know, one of those stalwarts beside Chris Harris in the secondary. That's a good thing. And then having that offensive tackle to help bolster that line with Munchak is a good thing. So then you go into the draft, shoring up, you know, multiple needs. You can really take best player available. Even though I said that's not really a thing, you can really do what you want to do. Get a corner if you want to at 10. You pick someone in the first round, they got to play right away. They have to. I mean, that's that's why they're a first-round pick because they're expected to contribute immediately. And that's what I'm hoping for. And, you know, I, I'm not expecting the playoffs for Denver this year, but I really, really, really want to see them build a nice foundation of young players like they did last year to help them in the long run. And they've got the picks to do it, and hopefully they hit out some big needs in free agency and can make, you know, the draft really flexible. And Whatever happens, happens. People will be stoked. People will be upset. That's just the nature. I'm already of upset. Who's John Elway anyway? What has he done for the Broncos lately? It's terrible. He's, <laughs> you kidding? John's had his swings and his misses, but he's not afraid to take a shot. And as critical as I have been on him, we couldn't ask for more. I mean, a Super Bowl win, multiple Super Bowl appearances, five division titles, what, out of what, eight years that he's been here? we're pretty blessed and no one gets it right all the time. And I just think it's, we could be doing a lot worse. So rapid fire. Here we go. Uh, one name you want in free agency, Tim go. Landon Collins. Bryce Callahan. CJ Mosley. Joan James. Let's see who's right. Will we get any of those names? We should put a wager on this. Like, like if someone's right, what they should get something. Like, um, like a. We'll get one of them. We'll get one of those four, guaranteed. If we got one of four of those guys, we should be stoked. I want them all. Always sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad. Okay, so that is the combine coverage from Minnie Mel. Uh, Be sure to look up Hart's articles on MileHighReport.com. You can be like, hey, Hart. Fuck you. <laughs> Hart, are you going to stick around with us to do the mystery question? I'm here for the long haul. Intellectual capacity here just doubled. Well, thank God someone knows what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> okay, so earlier, Hart, you had mentioned the worst case scenario on, on draft day. We don't know what that is currently. We only have the benefit of looking back at uh, drafts previous. I am curious, in this worst case scenario of 2010, not the first pick in the first round, but the second pick in the first round, 2010, what did you do? What was your reaction when the Denver Broncos selected Tim Tebow? Oh, you guys don't even want to know that story. Okay. I was in college at North Dakota State University, Go Bison. I went and got some Little Caesars and like a 20 pack of Bud Light. And, you know, I'm following on my phone. It's like, sweet, like we've got Demarius Thomas, like good or whatever. My friend Charlie's like, dude, did you see who the Broncos just drafted? And I was like, well, Thomas, he's like, no, they got Tim Tebow too. Literally, I probably drank like 10 beers in like an hour and pretty much passed out. (laughs) (laughs) That's how much I used to care, but it's just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) This isn't a family show. You can swear on it. Yeah, I too actually had kind of a a narcotic uh, response (laughs) to 
to, to Evo being drafted. I was working for a evil tyrannical executive who would not <laughs> let me have time off uh, when I asked for it, or at least wouldn't wouldn't come easy. So I did what any rational Denver Broncos fan would do. I scheduled a root canal uh, for, <laughs> for the day of the draft. Uh, I was in the dentist's chair like rushing, rushing the dentist. I'm like, I have, I have to be out of time for the draft. <laughs> Managed to get the root canal done. Made it uh, to my house where I watched uh, the draft with with my buddy who I always watch the draft with. And I'll be damned. We took uh, Demarius Thomas and then came Tim Tebow. And I, I, I got up off the couch and I, I walked outside my house and I just, I just sat on the stoop. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> This is not going to go well. And, you know, and, and full caveat aside, I, I will say this, and, and few Broncos fans are, are um, self-realized enough to say this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. I would never in a million years trade the 2011 season that we had with Tim Tebow uh, for anything in the NFL. I, I mean, I, that was one of the most amazing seasons, and, and I may have been wrong that day, and I, I was even more excited when Peyton Manning came and we're like, oh, this is like the best case scenario to get rid of you. Bless your heart. Go play for the Jets. <laughs> Tim, speak, we'll keep it on the Tim tip. Tim, Tim Lynch. I was actually in something called Campfire Chat Room, Mile High Report. I went into the draft thinking Tim Tebow was a joke, worst quarterback in the history of man. Broncos take him. Ten minutes later, I'm like, "Oh man, we got ourselves a franchise quarterback, baby!" <laughs> All right, thirteen there you go. and three, baby. Yep, thirteen and three, baby. It's remarkable how quickly we can talk ourselves into the future. You know, it didn't work out with Tim, but that season was memorable. I remember the game that we played against the Bears, and that game, Marion Barber had ran out of bounds with like 48 seconds left in the game. And if he wouldn't have ran out of the bounce, the Bears would have for sure won. But Tebow hits Demarius on a couple passes, and Prater kicks like a 53-yarder into the end zone to go to overtime. And he hit like a 57-yarder in the end zone I was sitting in to win it in overtime. And it, it was just magical. And then the Pittsburgh game and all that stuff, like, it was what it was. It was the beginning of, you know, like ripping off five straight AFC West titles, like, it was definitely a ride. Do you have a uh, Tim Tebow draft story? No, you want to share? not really. I didn't watch the draft like you guys. I'm old. I had I had things going on. But my uh... ow. <laughs> so my brother went to UT at the exact same time as Peyton Manning. So I was a Peyton Manning fan long before he became a Bronco. And because of that, and because my brother went to UT, I also hated Florida. And I could not stand Tim Tebow in college. I hated the prey when he'd score. I thought it was too much show. Didn't like that he got the Heisman. I rolled my eyes probably to the back of my head because I thought, ah, I do not, I hated this guy for four years. I don't want him on my team. And like everybody else, <laughs> I couldn't have been happier with every game he won. So forgive and forget pretty quickly. And the story ends with Peyton Manning, so yeah, like, yeah, wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> no, not at all. Tebow would want it that way. He was like, he's like, yes, my story ended with Peyton. Case <laughs> <laughs> Keenum and Paxton Lynch are. We have a story to tell. No, 
<laughs> no. I, no. I'm still watching Super Bowl 50 highlights, so you know, the last three years had didn't happen for me. <laughs> uh, I was in Denver last week, and I'll be a son of a bitch if that whole city is not right where you are right now, Tim, because there are still Super Bowl 50 banners and stuff <laughs> everywhere. And it's like, if, if you walked in, you would never know the last couple of years took place because it is still Super Bowl 50 parte. <laughs> As it should be. You're talking to a guy who, of course, wore his AFC championship. <laughs> his three amigos. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this week's Something Something Broncos. We really appreciate you coming on, Hart. Thank you for spouting some names that we don't know. I don't usually start um, paying attention to combine and draft until the week before, and then I get super passionate and like super my my ass gets super tight about who we pick. <laughs> no one's ever a hundred percent right, but. You can always guess and you can always just hope for the best. And it's just a fun time. Lori's probably got some really cool outtakes. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> now let us pray. Lord, though we have lost Neil Smith to free agency and Steve Atwater to the Jets, still we hope our beloved Broncos can bring home another Super Bowl championship and once again bathe in the glory of your light. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. We're doing it live. Everyone's like, well, Scandarello's going to get his guy. He's the O coordinator. The guy that's going to spend time with this quarterback, whoever we pick, is the QB coach who has never been a quarterback coach at any capacity in his whole fucking life. And that's not good. There's that quality control coach again, which I think is the uh, yeah, stupidest no. title ever. <laughs> quality control. There's not enough cheese over here. We need to get more cheese on this side. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I'll throw a couple more of these in here. Fuck you! <laughs> Where do you get one of those? I want one. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, Bravo. Lord Lattimore Volk just plays. And Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Ah! In car.